Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. Going to look at Bruce Timm's Batman Adventures Mad Love, first Harley Quinn uh, comic book appearance. Before we dive into this, want to uh, invite everybody to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel. Be sure and hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. That will notify you when we post a new video and give you a leg up in the uh, kayfabe effect race. Whenever you see a comic on here that you want, uh, you'll be the first ones to uh, be able to go out hunting for that. Also, let the videos play through to the end. That helps the YouTube algorithm share our videos with other comics fans who may not have found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's one of the uh, great ways that we grow this channel, and we thank you for your help with that. But we're here to talk Bruce Tim. Yes, yes. Might I say, man, like, everybody go to your local Ollie's. Uh, I picked this Mad Love Deluxe Edition up for uh, $5 on rem Remainder. And it's the one we're going to look at today, everybody. This is a nice book. Like, I would suggest, because it's a trade-off. Like, you have this Mad Love and other stories, which compiles, like, all the Bruce Tim stuff. The color in this is far better. Like, the color is shit in, in this Deluxe Edition. Uh, but it does have process stuff, so that's the value. You you yes. got to have it for a price of five dollars. You you scoop this up for uh, the process materials in the back when we start to see the. That's not an egregious one. Like uh, wh how about how about we flip through yours and when we get to a real particularly yeah shit follow one, along yeah oh and one other piece I I had brought along just to kind of like show off this art because there are different ways you you, you sort of cherish a Bruce Tim because you don't yeah. get that much Bruce Tim art. So you got to appreciate it. DC released this coloring book version, which is an oversized black and white reproduction of the line art. That's pretty nice reproductions and oversized. Like, what more do you want? So yeah. uh, this was actually an Ollie's find for me uh, some time ago. But love seeing the Bruce Tim art in any way uh, possible. So I will begin flipping through, Ed, and uh, just keep up on that book. And whenever you find a, a page that you think stands out, did, Let us know. Did you see the quote on the cover? Frank Miller saying Mad Love is the best Batman story of the decade. The same decade he made Dark Knight Strikes Again. <laughs> I, I <might> <laughs> wonder if he knew it was the same decade. <laughs> and here you see reproduction of the cover from that, uh, that special, that Mad Love special. A um, friend of ours pulled one of these out of a dollar bin uh, once. Pr pretty nice, pretty nice find. Comparable in but, some ways but, to but like a bit. Bought it off another friend for a dollar. Oh, And that another hurts. friend uh, tried to pretend like uh, it wasn't salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see parallels with, with Deadpool with this character? I feel like they both kind of took off come, as being these... Same color scheme. Come out, out around the same time. Become, like, have a huge following. Huge cosplay following, too. Yeah, and a real chaos element yes. to, uh, to, to what Agent makes... Of chaos. That's what I think connects them to their audience. So, start out pretty straightforward. Uh, Joker with one of his whatever plots against Commissioner Gordon. This thing moves, man. It and, does. And, and it's and it's called it's called Mad Love. When we see the logo for Mad Love, that's totally like the Ben Oda Mad logo for the for the Mad comic book. Harvey Kurtzman mm -hmm. comes up in the back matter with Bruce Tim. And this is the structure of Harvey Kurtzman panel. Like you know, nine panel grid, six panel grid, get a big splash like that's this is the idea of a splash. I, I never thought of that, but he does Bruce Tim does draw like Harvey Kurtzman. He draws like those Harvey Kurtzman like rough drafts or whatever that he sends to the artist. And... Totally. 
so uh, I think it's this story, like in the back matter, he talks about how I think there are five pages in here somewhere that he just blew up from the roughs because they were getting into deadline crunch. So a little uh-huh. bit of whiteout, he says, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll take a I look love at this roughs. panel, by the way. I, I linger for a minute just because yeah. what I caught on rereading it this week is the body language is phenomenal. Like uh-huh. one of the great, I assume it comes from his animation history, but it's like, you can just watch these characters bending and bouncing and stretching and in, in emoting in their body language and postures. Gest- gesture is on point, but also the cinematic feel of the pace yeah. from panel to panel uh, and the reveals and the page turns are all uh, considered and, and, and smartly done. This stuff does feel like Kurtzman to me because the panels read like really fast. Like you get exactly what the point is and, and not a lot extra, not a lot of unnecessary stuff. There'll be a couple moments of Kurtzman repeating rhythm uh, in, in panels that, that'll be like really fun to uh, to check out. It's so extreme, the, the expression. You know, these characters, man, if they are excited, it's a 10. You know, nobody's walking around in a subtle way in this comic. You read the Joker's voice as Mark Hamill's, right? Yeah. See, there's yeah, that. there's the mad, yeah. And look at that super designy, quote unquote, simple Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Um, colorist Bruce Tim and Rick Taylor. Yes, this I always version, think that's noteworthy. This version that I have is uh, is um, contains the color guides from uh, from Bruce Tim. I found this really interesting. Whenever we're seeing Harley as a uh, as a college student, and she's seducing her way to good grades as opposed to studying. Oh my God, it's the patriarchy. <laughs> Pretty different colors set, set up here. Definitely. But it's so bold, cutting off her head and the uh, cropping of the panels. I would never do this, uh, you know, without like really studying something like this and thinking about it. Yeah, that, that's where the sort of cinematic yeah. stuff comes. Cause that's like that, that's like that um, Dustin Hoffman, like graduate movie mm-hmm. type shit where like the seductress comes in. You know, he sees her and then is like, dude, that's like a Jaime drawing, kind of. Totally, but this reminds me of your, your Kurtzman storytelling too, right? Mm-hmm. He's fixed in that position. We're, we're zoomed in a little bit here, but it's that same, like, repeating almost the composition, but yeah. uh, characters Yeah, it's all, it's all visual storytelling, man. D minus, C me, A plus. <laughs> you, you mentioned Jaime. I'm also thinking, like, Dan DiCarlo, a big you know, Jaime influence. Yeah. You know, um, this copy has a story that Dan DiCarlo draws and Bruce Tim inks and in the back matter he has notes on all the different stories and really praises dan DiCarlo. Mm-hmm. so you're spot on probably it, it's certainly somebody he, he more, notes more kurtzman flow right here and I, more of that expressions you know like these expressions are so good and the joker's great for it because it's so usual to have that garish grin yeah mm-hmm. there's a wide range of expressions that we're going to see throughout here also at this period of time there would like often be like repeating panels and it would be the ex- it would be cut and paste but like, you know, this hand whoopee cushion would be the only piece of movement. Now, um, Ed, you said yours has back matter. Does it have like the original drawing of this? Because I know this was like a censored panel. Oh, interesting. She, she says, hey, want to rev up your Harley? And she's laying back on the bed with like her legs in the air saying, want to rev up your Harley? And th- and they made him change this that. This is it. There it is. Yeah, see? Pretty minor. Like, like that seemed, that, that surprises me that that's what would be changed. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's you know, this is ostensibly a kids' comic, you know. And she and she's doing like I I recognize this motion, man, from my mom's Cosmopolitan magazine uh, gimmicks. That's uh to to sort of please your band with the Indian rope burn uh, <laughs> hand gestures. 
<laughs> I'm so mad we're looking at this color version after seeing those pages of his original art. Well, we're gonna look at those, man. Like, like it's the whole reason to buy the Ollie's thing. You see, it's it's the it's the push pull. It's the reason to let this video play to the end. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty excited for that. Um, so there's some interesting stuff in here too, as he's drawing like this negligee that she's wearing and how he's doing silhouette shapes. With yeah. Him. Yeah. It's really interesting drawings. Yeah. That's something he talks about in the aftermatter too. Um, like that, there could be no flesh tone coming through. That was one of the concessions, uh -huh. but I think his solution's really great as we'll see as we keep going. I like this kind of stuff too. Like put the drawing, like the crappy drawing in your panels. That's always a fun gag. But man, the body language of everybody, it's phenomenal. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you get you get that with, with great animators. Like, there's just no... Like this, you know, for the silhouette of the body underneath. Yeah. Pretty strong Yeah, it's stuff. good, like, distribution of weight and stuff. I love this uh, three-panel sequence, too, of them coming down the stairs. And first you see Joker, and then you see, like, the Joker's arm. Is that, like, each person passes that, that static point of view. I'm like, look at this, dude. Like... It's like the green is even meshed in with it. It's like the same sort of hue or value. I just don't understand the let's desaturate. Really stuff. stupid. I, I don't understand it. The very next page too, we got to look it, at that. And that, is anybody looking it. at this and saying that's garish? I know. Like she's supposed red and black. I mean, like that's the color scheme. Like that is just such a pleasing uh -huh. application of color. And then this is just like let's just vomit. Well, yeah. You talk about there being like so many different like types of gray, you know, cool grays, warm grays and stuff. And, and then, you know, like some, some grays are better than others. And stuff, you know. But do we have to model Mo the modeling? Yeah. Get your digital it's... airbrush out and let's make this nose look more three-dimensional. Well, you know what it is? It's when, when these things are sent to be colored, I don't think there's an idea of like, oh yeah, try to make it match up with the old. It's like you're starting fresh. It, and it might, well, it might as well take Bruce Tim's name off of this thing. Sure. Yeah. In, in, in terms of the, the, the color. Is there a new colorist credited? There better be like, I'm going to take a look at that. So this is her backstory now. We get to see Harley uh, starting at Arkham Asylum and basically uh, falling for Joker. Mm -hmm. there, is a, there is a name. I'm not sure if the name's in there, but I just don't want to be throwing somebody on the butt, under Rick, the bus. Rick Taylor? That name's in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the same credit for colorist in this one. Yeah. Um, Bruce Tim in the Aftermath Matter talks about, like, this was one of his first comics and uh, a big story, 64 pages, you know, uh -huh. so a big story and was intimidated by it and adopted that nine panel grid. Right. Yeah. And, and you know what? I get that because like I've been playing around with like a lot of panel placement and, and trying to do like fun looking pages like with with Red Room. That, that's an extra level of thought that could take two, three hours. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I'm the story I'm working on right now. I've been reading a lot of stray bullets. Let me try to fuck with this eight panel grid and having that circumscribed set of rule like a template that now you think like you have this one moment you have eight images like what are the best images it's it's a it's a different exercise yeah uh but it, do, it does cut down on that time it's also very flexible we see him doing those two third page splashes one third play page splash um i'm not even sure four four ninths page <laughs> splash um you know so there is flexibility that he uses in this too for impact for storytelling you know, big panel whenever they actually first have their first uh, psychiatric encounter. <laughs> it's such good comedy, too, because eventually we're going to get to th that page where where she's talking and she's on the couch. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love this, where the Joker suddenly springs from his bed up to, uh, you know, to her attention and she's 
she's leaning back in the panel before where it's like your panel gutter is what's separating them you know not just the glass in between them again with the uh just using the body language to its fullest joker telling a uh, an entertaining anecdote about his past and you can see him pantomiming it out as he's telling it like just putting on a show yeah might as well be a stand-up comic not far from uh what, what's done in that heath ledger yes yeah, kind exactly of thing. yeah yeah, totally. They, they, mm -hmm. they, they sort of took that part. Want to know how I got these scars? Like, it's kind of that. You have to imagine if you're going to make a gigantic Batman Joker movie, you're looking at all the best Reading material you can yeah. find. And, and when Frank Miller says this is the best comic, Batman comic of the decade, it has to be part of your reading list. This yeah. this has become sort of like a, like a central text of Batman, you know? You know what's really cool also about this, this old color uh, on, on this older version? is that um, the title cards of the Batman animated show would have a little of this kind of airbrush. So it's kind of keeping with that motif. You know, it would have this dry brush yeah. application and real Art Deco kind of flavor. A uh, Joker origin that breaks up. Now we have an eight, eight ninths splash page. And there you go, Ed, your moment of uh, switching <laughs> switching position. And I like whenever they decide if they're going to throw in a big panel, do that in the middle of the page. I think that makes a pleasing page and a lot of impact there. This is like that Frank Miller thing of put, putting the blood on the color layer. Yeah. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comic books that Ed Piscor and I make. Available now in your local comic shops or online wherever you buy comics and books is Red Room, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit. Season 1, the Antisocial Network, available as a collected trade paperback. Season 2, Trigger Warnings. Issue 1 is now out. Issue 2, coming soon, if not already out, whenever you see this video. Banned in 26 countries, banned in 7 comic shops, but they can still order them for you. So be sure and ask for it by name. And the rest of Ed's bibliography available still in print. WYSIWYG, Portrait of a Serial Hacker. X-Men, Grand Design, three oversized treasury volumes of that. And Hip Hop, Family Tree, four oversized treasury volumes of that as well as, well as two box sets. But what do you have, Jimmy? And coming to comic shops in March and April, Hulk Grand Design, a reimagining of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk, over 500 comic books, over 10,000 pages condensed into two oversized issues telling the complete story of The Incredible Hulk and available in several beautiful eye-catching covers, Marcos Martin, Peach Momoko, and cartoonist Kayfabe's own Ed Piscor. And coming in April, Hulk Grand Design Madness, covers by me, Ed McGinnis, and Jeff Darrow. Also available in comic shops and book sellers, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive from Image Comics, A Homeless Ninja on a Skateboard, and The Plain Janes with writer Cecil Castellucci, possibly the first uh, young adult graphic novel here in America. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Good use of a uh, right-hand splash page too. Big, big moment. And man, it says it all, right? This is, this is Harley Quinn's birth right here. Right, man. Here's the Kurtzman rhythm mm -hmm. coming and going. I mean, that looks like, yeah, issue and one of Mad, a, that like haunted house story. Right. Yeah. I was thinking there was another uh, going to, to come out of there, but I, I guess not. But, you know, like silence. This, this is, by the way, this is a wordless two-page spread. Yeah. You know, like that's your masterful ca cartooning as well, because a lot happens. This isn't somebody sitting there with their hands, her head in her hands, uh -huh. feeling bad. This is a lot of action, Le different locations coming and going character costume you know like a lot happens and no words necessary 
and then bam, there's a big splash page. Using using your splashes for impact. That other thing, like talking about the comparison to Deadpool is also like uh, being like the, the comedic, like Warner Brothers element in, in a superhero story. Too. Yeah, like a slapstick comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. This is a piece that in the back matter, he says they cut short. There was like another scene or a longer scene. And it's funny because to me, this is genius the way they cut, you know, right from her plans to like, okay, Batman on the scene. It seems so much better than whatever else I can imagine you would have done there, like inserting some henchmen and him kind of building to that point. And this is uh, Harley having second thoughts, selling out her man Joker, but wants to uh, wants to meet with Batman to hand over the evidence. This is like that Bernie Wrightson uh, pose. Yeah, that from like the swamp from thing. the Swamp Thing issue. Yeah. Like, it's funny to see these because it just reminds me so much of Dark Knight. Absolutely. And like Bruce Tim is a master of knowing what you need to get in there to communicate what everything is. You break it down to line like there's not much line going on, you know, and it's very bold lines, but it's it sells everything. This whole panel we could probably do an episode on. Yeah. Because what is there? There's one ship that shows us this is like the harbor where trade is coming in and out of Gotham. You've got the moon reflecting on the water that allows you to do Batman's head as, a, mm -hmm. as the silhouette on top of it and the bait shop sign, which is literally what this is, right? Like she's baited him into this. It's amazing. Yeah. In, in one panel. You wonder how much of that stuff is just intuition and how much of it is careful planning on anybody's part. Because of the way he describes like cutting certain sequences and pages and stuff out, mm -hmm. it makes me also wonder like, what's Paul Dini's script look like? Are right. they just like... Are they Marvel methoding this stuff? Like, how? What exactly is going on? Because it seems like Bruce Tim puts a lot of himself in the breakdowns here. Well, I know there's like that demon story that's later on in this. Yeah. That, that he says was like Marvel method. Um, this is kind of this is fun. So this is when Harley actually pulls her her uh, trick on Batman and double crosses him. But first we see what looks like the Joker. Batman tries to protect her and gets a uh, needle needle in the back of the neck, and she's won, man. Next time we see Batman awake, strung up above a tank of piranhas. Unsmiling piranhas. The whole reason Joker can't use this death trap sequence. <laughs> can't figure out how to get them to smile. This this feels like an image I've seen somewhere. Is this a famous... Do you guys recognize that as iconic? The Batman upside down like that? No, maybe, maybe it showed up in a wizard that you looked at a million times as a kid or something. I'm thinking right now it's uh, Joe Kubert and Batman, Batman Black and White, which wouldn't make it iconic, you know? But Yeah, he does a version of that. And also, like, the more I see him hanging upside down, it makes me think, like, I bet you there's quite a few... Well, I mean, the idea of, like, a bat, Batman hanging upside down, like a bat, is, yeah. So, pretty much, Harley's got him, dead to rights here, and uh, Batman starts working on her, about the Joker. All this, that story, he's told that story so uh -huh. many times to so many people. He doesn't love anybody, maybe himself. And she just can't stand it. So she decides, you know what, if I'm going to kill Batman, Joker's got to see it. He doesn't even have his utility belt. Like, she really does have him. Like, she did it. And he, I mean, that's the, that's the punchline at the end. Like, like, she, like she would have won. She, she could have won if he didn't get inside of her head. Use a little Ric Flair psychology. And again, speaking of, like, how far can you cartoon one of mm -hmm. these faces? 
<laughs> like, doesn't Bruce Tim see this and get kind of mad? Like, you're drawing I'm on sure my artwork. Does. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Uh, but I'm sure it's like, throw your hands up. Let me focus on He's what on I can control. Things, yeah. Like even the color choice of like this back right here, like look how much this pops. Yeah, it's got it's got color to it. And I just don't understand it. It is like, hey, let's really try to make this all the same value. We just blend it all together. It's yeah, it confuses me. The administration just really doesn't give a fuck. Like that's what it ultimately boils down to. But you would even think that would mean just reprint it. <laughs> you know, like somebody's making an effort to to literally make it look worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jerry Lewis is is presiding over there. It's wedding. so good. That's like that Jerry Lewis from the comics, from the DC comics. It's it's funny too, like dreaming of like growing old with the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> that really, really kind of works. It works great. It's very funny. It's funny. It looks you know it looks right. Like both of them look kind of right as old. Yeah. This would be the old version of the characters. Her innocent look of like uh, yeah, and and things do not go well. I like Batman's ears just just barely in the water. Joker's furious, man. This has been eating at him the idea that it's gonna be his his girlfriend's gonna be known as the one who killed Batman. He imagines like the other villains giving him a hard time. Mr. Harley Quinn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he hits her with the Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. This is um like uh, the end of Die Hard when that guy's like falling out of the <laughs> You know what? This doesn't the Hans Gruber. Yeah, it it doesn't sell for me as as well as I want it to. No. You just you push out more. You do, or I don't know, man. Rotate it 180 or something. Like she she's still very stable, even though like once you see that background, then it reads. But I don't know something there. Yeah, maybe if you push out where her arms don't aren't aren't you tethered see, to something. You see the example, like like the Watchmen example and stuff, and and that, that's the difference. Whatever whatever uh, Dave Gibbons does in that composition, pretty brutal too. You uh, know, yeah, like, straight up. Like several several. I, I once heard window washers in New York said it's uh, four stories. You fall four stories is death, and and that's five there. Mm. So pretty tough. And Joker helps his uh, his real love down. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's what Batman should have been telling Harley. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's Kama Sutra. <laughs> you know, that's that Shibari Japanese bonded shit right there. I was surprised by this moment. Joker thinks about all of this and then realizes, like, yeah, this is I can kill you here, and goes for it, right? Like, like pulls the trigger. Yeah, pulls the trigger, right? I was kind of surprised by that. It was one of those things, like when when they put forth, like, let's do a, a Batman comic. The creatives evolve. We're like. We gotta have guns, and we gotta have shoot. Like we have to figure that part out. We can't be super friends anymore, knocking spiders off the table and having to f make sure that they're okay in the end. Great silhouettes, I love those. Yeah. And it's um, this is like whenever you'd learn to draw, and it would be like have an arch right. in your character's form, and it's one way, and then the other way. Well, yeah, that, and that's very much the Kurtzman rubber people. Mm -hmm. Things like this, like Joker running and then doing that super squat that he's about to jump off the building with, the foreshortening of Batman racing up the stairs. It's it's so dynamic. Um, amazing silhouette leaping off the, the building. Yeah, and just beautiful, like clearly train tracks, clearly a giant Otomo-like skyscraper, but he did it in 10 minutes. Yeah, this is one of those comics too, like we talk a lot about lately, 
line density and stuff. Uh -huh. There's there's no line density here. Like, you know, everything is here, but it's all almost like the substance of, you know, the, the character drawings, the perspectives, like... It's the substance. It's like all substance. Yeah. yeah. Are, are, are you showing off a bunch of pictures or are you telling a story? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. This is your classic move. That's a classic <laughs> wrestling the move. The box. Uh-huh. Box your ears. ears. This is an iconic uh, piece that I think I actually did uh, recognize as like the only image that I saw from Mad Love. Uh, it's in, in In Wizard Magazine for, for a number of years. Yeah, beautiful composition. This is one that I always see that I think is amazing. That Batman is just about as powerful as I can imagine drawing a punch look. And yeah. the context is what really does it because you do have like the Watchmen grid for so long and then you get the big the big punch. Also, I'm thinking this is a uh, another one of Bruce Timm's Kirby swipes. This looks like the uh, Fantastic Four issue where the thing is like becomes like a gladiator on another planet and fights this like punches this robot guy. And you can't help but think of Batman sixty six uh, with with the with the sound sound effect. Mm -hmm. You know, you need one of those in here. It's kind of like they're you know playing the hits. You have your TV screens for Dark Knight Returns. You have your Batman Adam West moment right here. So to me, this, this is, is the movie. This is Joker falling. That really looks like to me he's falling. Exactly. Like he's free falling. And yeah, I and I look at this and I wonder why. And yeah. it could be, you know, he's windmilling arms and legs. I think the crop um, the 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 crop Yeah, I think like, the crop hurts. The crop takes away fly like if you have a flying figure and you crop him, it doesn't feel like yeah. flying. They, like, these are this is an anchor of, of uh -huh. sorts. Yeah, I think that's right. But I but I don't know that he didn't want that, like in, in with Harley Quinn, because it's kinda like like you're seeing her like almost like standing, but but she's clearly not and then and then and then you something about this right image there. does make it sort of slow down and freeze so i don't know if maybe some of those things that don't sell it as much actually do help you sort of slow down yeah it could be he's a little bit askew too which helps yeah. you know she's yeah, very vertical yeah also like just in terms of staging you'd want to save your really big fall for later you know you want to have like like a, a minor if you're going to have two know. yeah like the last one has to be the biggie for sure but she does survive. This is her now in uh, in, in Arkham. And uh, the rumors are Joker's gone. You know, he fell into that, whatever that mm -hmm. uh, chimney was. But uh, whenever she looks up, there's a there's a rose sitting there with a note from uh, from Jay. So the commentaries are the same, probably, based on a true story, all that stuff. Uh, but this is the new, the Ollie's version that you could get right now. And Jimmy, if you want to just like kind of... Oh, I do. <laughs> yes, cruise, I do. Cruise through this... You could see you, you learn a lot of stuff. He's he's using uh, blue like an animator using non-photo repro blue. Uh, I believe in some earlier stuff we we read that he will do these drawings on eight and a half by eleven paper. Mm -hmm. Just I, I would say just keep keep rocking unless you have something specific. Well, I, I like how much this blue line's built up because you can mm -hmm. see in other places he probably could have done Batman left-handed with his yeah. eyes closed at this point. But you see like getting that shape exactly right. This is what you see white out sometimes, like like in a Jaime exactly. uh, artist edition, where it's like that line he's moved at a sixteenth of an inch, but that's that's the thing. Yeah, you'll see a lot of choices, and and Jaime is the exact guy I was going to mention. You see a lot of choices. You see maybe two white outlines. You see many other pencil lines, and then the one that he finally chooses. So it's like he did like now Bruce Tim didn't like he arrived at it with one swoop, but with like a lot of build up with the mm -hmm. pencil. But like seeing Jaime like do a couple and then go back, that's a very liberating thing to see. 
Man, I love, you I, could I see, love these. You could see he created a template for himself of the nine-panel grid so that that part of his life is taken care of. Like, he doesn't have to rule out nine-panel grids all the time and, and have... These are his roughs, Yeah, I was going right? to say, are these the roughs? These are his roughs. Okay, yeah. I've, they're so they're detailed. So close to the yeah, finished thing. He, she showed these off before with his Batman Black and White. Uh, you know what? It's in the commentary in Batman Black and White where he, he does it in, like like a fully inked thing and then he blows it up in in like light box uh -huh. so i think his his final pages uh are probably um devoid of pencil and just like ink through a light box or something it's neat to see him this size because it reminds me of the dave gibbons watchmen uh roughs you know mm -hmm. from what watching the watchmen yeah what is that whatever that watchman process book is and you can see how there is a, li a little extra layer of detail like these are clearly done a little bigger than something like dave gibbons layouts yeah because that level of detail is just slightly more yeah and i mean he could get his lettering in there yeah, completely detailed, all of this stuff. Looks amazing in black and white. That's the other thing I think a lot of original art these days, so much is left for the coloring that you don't get that strong black and white image whenever you strip it of the colors. Right. These are so fun. Yeah, just another one of those things, though. Like, you know, DC, you could you could have published each of these on a page. Like, just double it up, or triple it up. Hey, man, I got no complaints, especially if I find this thing on the way home today at Ollie's for yeah, yeah. five bucks. Before, like... before the video goes live and everybody uh, goes to right. Ollie's. It's nice that they do some that are full size, because it is nice to see them. And I wonder if it's noted anywhere if this is actual size, because I think that 8.5 by 11 sounds about right. Yeah. You know, it's it's not the 11 by 17 that we think of as comic book art, but it's big enough that, you know, you can see it's very clear. Boy, they look good like this. I mean, that looks like publishable art. Yeah, and you know, so we're getting to the place where some of this stuff might be. You know, you said a little whiteout or something. But you yeah. see, you see how it's all in here. I'm kind of shocked by this amount of detail. This feels like Kurtzman. This really does. Like the marks themselves look yeah. like marks that I've seen in some of the Kurtzman stuff. I mean, that's tight. Oh, yeah. Even the lettering looks like it's uh, pretty close. But that's the stuff I love, too, about cartoonists. Because, like, you know, he then goes in again and then does, does one one level of tightening further. And this is his color guides. And he's explaining stuff like, use a darker gray on the white face. It, it, it makes the white of the white, like, feel whiter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you use a dark gray. Yeah, this is contrast. This is something I can remember doing charcoal drawings in college. And the ones, like, I'd, I'd be looking around like, why is that person's better? And it's because they went for that full range of contrast where it's like, there was black on that page, there was white, you know, and the other people would be sort of like uh, 75 to 25% grays. Right. There's uh, there's parts where he missed a he missed an X ink spot that should have been filled in, and he'll let the colorist know, like, and then he'll draw another version, like, he'll draw a version of the same panel and show you exactly what he means so detailed you know like this is not supposed to have the brush strokes that's just mm -hmm. the marker effect so make that a smooth gradient see that's the thing somebody with that detail it doesn't seem like they'd be happy with some of the recoloring choices i know man like book. like it's 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 so stupid i i have no idea why they do it but some some dweeb uh, decided that that's the way to go if you can do gritty texture put it on here awesome 
He's a master with you know that what's funny? color marker. He is. So you get to this page, and the red's very saturated, but that green that we were pointing out is like they desaturate. It's very desaturated here. You know, yeah, like you know, it is mud and dirt This here. does look closer to the recolored version yeah. than... So, I mean, maybe maybe he gave the big stamp of approval to the recolor. Yeah, because look at how modeled... I mean, that's almost yeah. painted the way he's handling, like, her leg. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like... We're tough to please. Yeah. The, the, in Killing Joke, I mean, the, all those changes were from the artist. He, yeah, right. He was, you know... Same with um, Flex Metallo. Mm -hmm. Boy, the grays look so good. I often admire, like, I'll see people do gray, you know, like a marker sketch yeah. or whatever, and maybe have, like, one or two grays on it. Isn't you it, can work magic with that. I mean, isn't it funny? Like, I guess just a sign of the times, like... You, you really maybe you couldn't do you had to run it through some separator in like 1999 or whenever this was but uh this is perfectly publishable <laughs> phone still on the hook in the bottom three panels must fix this <laughs> and, and if any 20 year olds are watching this they're like what <laughs> what are you talking that? about there's a lot of this draw in bottom red lip there's a lot of that throughout where like the coloring is doing the the, the serpent kind of colors on uh call out that, that was like a decision they made as the show evolved and went into like another season and the joker stopped having red lips and he had black eyes too like when kevin nolan comes in and starts redesigning characters and stuff the scarecrow looks scarier joker looks different it's not this joke it's not really yeah. the bruce tim joker it becomes like a kevin o'neill uh joker <laughs> This is this is the net you put at the on the last page of your big project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. the way it was described to me was, you know, he's doing his full duties at Warner Brothers with the with the animation, with the cartoon, and just using whatever free time he had, like like on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, he for his bottom line, he never needed to do a comic, but like he loves comics. We love comics, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's a lot of evidence throughout comics history. Like, he has a lot of fan art in Amazing Heroes and the Comics Journal in, like, late 70s, early 80s. I think he might have done did uh, a He-Man or two. Oh, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of his He-Mans, yeah. You'll see his name pop up as colorist in a lot of early credits. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's he's an inker, you know. He... Yeah, I, I wish I could think of some of them off the top of my head, and I can't. But I know, like, just from the comics that I dig through dollar bins and stuff, it'll often surprise me to see Bruce Tim colorist, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, definitely a guy who's into comics, even though it seems like career-wise it's a different direction. But cool whenever he dips in. So run to your local Ollie's, man. <laughs> you, this might be completely gone, but last time I went, uh, there were dozens and dozens of these things for $5. Very much worth having. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a heck of a deal. Um, a, a, a note here, like I like the way the cheek is folding. That's an interesting detail. Yeah, you don't see that drawn uh, yeah. so well, man. But listen, hit your ollies up. Go get your go get your uh, Mad Love Deluxe Edition for for those uh, rough pages. Like if you have it in some other format, it's worth having for the process materials of uh, Bruce Tim. It's it'd be worth it if it were just those rough page layouts. 1000 percent i mean that's what it is if you have the superior yeah, right. versions that, that is what it is man uh, are you guys good to go yep okay favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available it's out there jim hulk grand design monster number one a retelling of the 60 year history of the incredible hulk through my uh th through my eyes and uh two oversized issues starting in march and continuing in april pick those up wherever you buy comic books 
You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see a bunch of my original art and how I make the comics I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one is on the stands now, so that means it's coming out on a monthly basis uh, for four issues total. Uh, you can uh, get these comics at your local comic shop. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Every issue is completely self-contained, banned in 26 countries, banned in seven comic shops, but if you ask for it, they're going to get you that comic. They want your money. They need your money. Uh, you can read the comics before they hit paper at my Patreon. Thanks to everybody who uh, supported the Patreon this past week. Uh, hit up uh, patreon.com slash edpiscor, three bucks for the archive there. More than 200 uh, pages are up there as we speak, and you can get these, to these links in my link tree in the description below this video. Tom. Check out Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, uh, watch my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show, and uh, go to my Patreon, patreon.com, search Tom Scholey. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Had another spike in sales on uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe merch this past week. Gotta thank the Kayfabe audience for the support, because it is a great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, keep the lights going on. Jimmy, give them the marching orders, we're gonna be on our way. Read more comics.